Hello, it's Charlotte's sister, C. Farrell, host of Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast that invites you to do what you love. This podcast is for you if you love writing or telling stories, if you love sharing poetry or doing interviews. This podcast is for you if you love working on ways to create age-friendly cities. This podcast is for you if you love learning how to tame technology and get more out of virtual events, if you love finding more ways to share your heritage or traditions. If you love any of these things, you can go beyond listening and join our weekly podcast group. Simply email pbaafc at gmail.com and put your name in the subject line. Powered by Age is sponsored by the Government of Canada, New Horizons Grant, the 411 Senior Center Society, and GNF Financial Group. Good afternoon and welcome to Powered by Age, Canada's longest running senior led podcast. Uh, we are today celebrating the first Thursday of Black History Month. It's also uh, a month where many people are looking forward to the end of snow. And so today you are going to be hearing uh, special presentations. We will be updating and also welcoming everyone to join us to write or do uh, an interview, interviews. One of our goals is to have the largest reservoir of interviews of older people by other older people. Uh, and not the people that just get mentioned on the main news, but everyone has knows someone that they have found interesting, that's been kind to them, that made a difference in their life. And so uh, when you look on our Powered by Age website, you'll see a thing called spins. So we're encouraging anyone who's listening today, uh, you can leave a message on our poweredbyage.com website that you're interested in participating in this live Zoom and that you're interested in setting up a time to record, uh, uh, make a recording of someone. So one of the things that I do with the people that are on first I have them introduce themselves. I don't know if I introduced myself. I'm Charlotte, Sister C. Farrell, <laughs> and I'm the host and coordinator. And I want to acknowledge that our work takes place on the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Salewatooth nations. And so just starting in the hour, in the time frame or order that people came in, we'll introduce, uh, have Neil introduce himself. Hi, my name is Neil Ryan. Uh, I'm a retired uh, old guy, uh, and uh, there's my book from the other side. dot c. There's some free poems on from the other side. One word, but gay. And uh, I write poetry that's kind of talks about life and spirituality and a look a look at life from an advanced age, because this month is my birthday, this month. Yes, and I'll just say, that, uh, I put in our, our meeting notes that we're going to be wishing Neil happy birthday, because I thought it was 2-3-22, and it's actually the 23rd. So since the 3rd occurs, there will be some people who may have some maybe special poetry or music or something to you for your birthday today. Although it's not until the twenty third. Uh, well, well, uh, interesting. Yesterday was two 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 zero two two, and uh, I'm gonna be birthday on the 
to 23rd. Two zero two two. So I've 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 got lots of twos in my life right now. <laughs> okay, uh, I think uh, Leslie joined next. Uh, so I'm Leslie Hebert from New Westminster. Um, I teach English as a second language online and I write short stories and poetry. And when I signed on today, the first thing I did was wish Neil happy birthday. And then he said, it's not my birthday today. <laughs> Uh, I, I, that's, I told Charlotte I make out like a bandit. I get a happy birthday on the 3rd, and I get another one on the 23rd. So there we go. It's all good. Okay. Scott was the next one. Scott. Yeah, so my name is Scott Reisterer. Uh I work for Kitsilano House um, in the... Uh, I'm kind of split between two roles there. Part of it is working with the Better at Home program. Uh, I've got some construction going on outside, so hopefully that doesn't drown me out too much. Um, so the Better at Home program is uh, a program that's uh, funded by United Way and run across the city uh, through the, uh, facilitated by the various neighborhood houses. And its goal is to help seniors to maintain independent living uh, by providing housekeeping, uh, transportation through volunteers and uh, grocery shopping through volunteers. Um, so I help to administer that. And then I also um, uh, spend two days a week at uh, a BC housing property providing food security programs there. And that's that's also through uh, Kitsilano House. Um, so I think that's why I was emailed about the the podcast. I'd never, uh, I didn't really know much about it. So this is my first time joining in. So it's nice to learn about it and, and meet you all. And thanks yeah, for, so thanks happy for You joined us because I get a lot of calls about what is the better at home or what is the 211. So I'm going to ask you more, more questions right. <laughs> about that. Uh, Dr. Ramona. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Ramona Srinivasan a retired history professor from Mumbai University and just one year old in Vancouver. So I'm very happy to be with all of you on this Powered by It podcast because I find it very inspiring um, hearing about all the things that you write about, especially Neil and his poems, Leslie with her memoir and Charlotte with an ongoing series of various articles. <laughs> so happy to be here. Happy to meet you, Scott. Dr. Ramona has a special song. Uh, since we, we, we're doing attitude, your non-birthday today, Neil, uh, Dr. Ramona has something special that she's going to sing. <laughs> well, th this is also the first full day of the Chinese New Year is uh, so gong hei fa choi. You know, one of the television stations had 10 different people say that and they all said it differently. <laughs> so <laughs> gong hei fa choi. Yeah, gong hei fa choi. Light si taoloi, which means give me the red envelope. That means give me the money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I have one. I have one right here. I have one right here. Yes, 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 yes. This is it. I, <laughs> it's got uh, money in it. <laughs> I don't know. Something, something's written here. Is that what you said? 
Oh, I can't read the Chinese. I can speak yeah, it beautifully, I know, but, but I cannot read it. Yeah. Even though that thing on the wall behind me is is is, is in is Chinese. Chinese. Okay. The the, the thing and this is uh, this is uh, happiness, and and uh, each each symbol is a different version of ha of the word happiness as okay. the 5,000 years of Chinese writing goes through. So I've got 5,000 years of happiness on the wall behind me. So, wow. And, uh, and, and Gunghe Fechoi is Cantonese, and the Mandarin is Sun Ning Kuai Lo. So I speak pretty good Chinese, thanks to my lady, who is still in China, by the way. And and is now out of quarantine. She was in quarantine for a month and a half. Mm. Twenty nine days of January and twenty fifteen days of December. So, but I understand she's going to be home for my birthday. So thank you, God. Okay, Scott. Since you might have to leave us early, could you tell us a little bit more? Tell people a little bit more about. Um, the better at home, and is that connected in any way to the two one one? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So two one one provides sort of a a funnel. So if you phone two one one, they can refer you to the relevant uh, better at home provider. Uh, so because there's um, different catchment areas throughout the city, so. With Kitsilano House, uh, we handle from Granville Street and uh, from, sorry, west of Granville Street and north of King Ed uh, to the water. So it's um, basically from Granville Street to UBC and from uh, King Ed uh, north to the water. And then there's different neighborhood houses that handle different areas of the city. Uh, so you, you have um, the Mount Pleasant Neighborhood House, uh, Jewish Family Services, um, Gordon House, I think is downtown. So there, there's a few other neighborhood houses that that all administer the Better at Home program. And if you phone 211, they'll connect you with the, the relevant uh, provider. Um, different providers will provide the programs differently because they get different, you know, they have different teams, they get different funding. So uh, the program will vary, you know, from, from neighborhood house to neighborhood house. Um, uh, so I can, I can speak for how Kids House supplies it. Um, but, you know, if you, if you get, uh, if you take advantage of the program through a different provider that it might sound a little different than, than what I described. Um, so we have, uh, housekeeping is kind of the main thing. Uh, we have, uh, kids house staff that provide housekeeping and, uh, it's, um, it's on a sliding scale. Uh, so there is subsidized, uh, housekeeping available, uh, if, if people qualify based on their income. Um, and the transportation is also on a sliding scale. So that, that can be subsidized as well. Um, with the transportation, we do need a, a week notice in order to arrange rides with our volunteers because, because it's with volunteers, it, it can take a bit of time to, to make the arrangements and find somebody that's available. So it's not, 
you know, good for last minute rides, but it's good for doctor's appointments and, um, you know, things, things that are, uh, booked, booked a few weeks in advance. Um, what else? The, the housekeeping services are two hours and the full price is $60 for the, the two hour service. And, uh, they, people can get, uh, it's two hours minimum, but, uh, longer services can be arranged as well. Um, and yeah, they're all with the goal of helping seniors maintain independent living in, in their own homes. So by the ideas that by, um, you know, helping them out with housekeeping, um, you know, it, it can help out a lot of our um, seniors with mobility issues. And, you know, there's, there's maybe things that they're not able to, to do themselves, but that's the only barrier to them living at home. So it, it can be quite helpful for, for a lot of people. A lot of people ask me about grocery shopping. Do you take, do they take people grocery shopping or do shopping for people? Uh, with the grocery shopping program right now, uh, everything is kind of under enhanced COVID protocols right now. Um, so with grocery shopping, um, and, and actually I should mention that the, I started in October. So it was in, while enhanced COVID protocols were in place already. So um, I'm not as a, uh, aware of how things operated beforehand. Um, but right now, how it works is we would connect a volunteer with the, the senior and uh, the, the, the participant has to get their own gift card. So they would get a, a gift card for the grocery store that they prefer to use. Um, so it's just like a plastic card that they can load up with all the funds they want. Uh, but some stores have digital cards that you can just share with email. And so however they have the card, they would give it to the volunteer along with their list and their reusable shopping bags. So the volunteer would come and pick up the, pick up the gift card, pick up the bags and their list, and then um, go and do the shopping and bring it back to their, to their place. So it's usually just the, the volunteer doing it on their own, not, uh, not accompanying the, the person to the grocery store. Scott, do you do you know if they have similar programs in Burnaby and New Westminster? Um, yeah, I know. I think they do. I forget who the provider is. Uh, there is a catchment area. I think if you go to the Better at Home website, it has all the different catchment areas. So you're able to um, click on your area and uh, see who, who's the provider. Yeah, I can't remember if New West and Burnaby do have it or not. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good. What it, t tell us the exact uh, wording for the Better at Home website. Uh, I think it's just betteratthome.ca. Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's find out. Yes. Okay. And so I can, let's see what it shows up for. Yeah, so in Burnaby, the provider that shows up is Citizen Support Services, City of Burnaby. And so, yes, it is betteratthome.ca. Uh, with New West, the provider that shows up is Senior Services Society of BC. And do, do people have to prove any type of income? Is there a means test or a questionnaire to, to designate yeah, whether so, they, you can be provided with these services? Yeah, so with um, with grocery shopping, it's a lot more simple. Um, we don't 
So we don't need to do what we call a full intake uh, with grocery shopping. Mainly we want to determine that um, they don't have any other means of, of having, they don't have any other way of getting groceries. We try to reserve the program for people that are really in need. Um, so if we, so we try to encourage people to, to use delivery services if they can, or, you know, get friends and family to, to provide the groceries if they can. And uh, so just to reserve our program for people that are, you know, really isolated and, and in need uh, because it is relying on volunteers. Um, so that's the main screening thing for the grocery shopping with uh, housekeeping and transportation. Um, it, we, we do ask for uh, the, the person's total income from their uh, previous tax return. Um, and that's so that we can place them on the uh, sliding scale to determine if they qualify for a subsidized service or not. Um, the subsidized services are always subject to availability because it does, you know, we, we're working with a limited budget. So there's only so many subsidized slots that we can provide. And I should mention too, that the subsidized services would only qualify for one service every two months. Um, so if somebody was if somebody did qualify and received a full subsidy, they would get a free service one month. And if they wanted additional services, they would have to pay full, full cost for any of those services. So it would be, so if they went every month, they would get a subsidized service month one, they would pay $60 for month two, and then they'd get a subsidized service on month three and it would repeat that way. I see. That's another reason for uh, needing to get your income tax done. We're going to be having uh, Maggie, the accountant for the 411 Center, in a couple of weeks, telling people what you need to bring uh, mm. to get the free income tax service and then understanding that the report that you get at the end, that's something that you can show to you know, providers like you. That yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Qualify. Yeah. Does anyone else have any questions for Scott? I just know a lot of people have said that they were really happy to be able to get the house cleaning um, at that rate because people have charged, you know, $100, $200 a day, and it's just, you know, been a real burden. And then mm. with the downsizing, or uh, I think some people live in facilities where they have an inspection. So being able to get someone to help them with the house cleaning to get ready for an infection is good. So uh, I think thank you for that. And one other question, someone that uh, was involved with this before, was doing a meal program. Do you all do a meal program or do mm. you have a communal meals? Um, so there, there, there may be meal programs uh, provided by some of the neighborhood houses. Um, we were providing a frozen meal program where we had uh, a volunteer chef that was actually making meals at Kit's house and they'd be frozen and delivered to people in the community. Um, I can't remember if the budget uh, ran out or if the volunteer had to had to stop doing it, but um, we're not operate, uh, running that program right now. But um, we may we may be able to restart that if we get more funding once the the next budget arrives. Um, yeah, so right now we are not, but there are a few. I know I think Jewish Family Services still has a, a food donation program that they operate. And so some of the others might as well. And to your last point, I should clarify too that the, the housekeeping is just light housekeeping. So it wouldn't, um, 
you know, if we have people that uh, have like issues with hoarding where they, they need to like do a major cleaning service and, and uh, get rid of a lot of stuff that's beyond the scope of the, of the program. It's, it's just uh, oriented towards light housekeeping, but it's good. If, yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one other thing I just remembered is um, there was uh, United Way was doing a transportation survey recently. I'm not sure if you heard about that, but I can I can share the link in the chat. And it was all about um, transportation for seniors specifically uh, regarding our aging population. And more and more people are going to be, you know, hanging up their keys for good and determining what, uh, you know, if that's going to put a huge strain on our public transit system and if it's if it's up to the task so that made me realize that that's kind of a, a potential you know brewing issue um but uh they're hoping to use this this survey to kind of um i think work out policy and uh and you know maybe maybe yeah figure out a, a better way of moving forward yeah i took part in that survey and i think one of the disconnects is what it costs when people they are definitely encouraging people that to hang up their keys and stop driving uh, sooner. But the cost of having a delivery service, for example, with one popular delivery service, <laughs> there's three dollars and ninety nine cents for them to just put you in the, the program. And then there's a tax on that. And then there's a separate fee or suggested tip to the driver. So it could easily cost you, you know, ten dollars on top of the grocery prices. And yeah. so I think encouraging when you talk about how do you um, affect policy within this uh, program, there have been people that have, have been members of council, or uh, even some members of the legislature, like Don Davies, uh, have visited us and said, writing letters, these are things that those of us um, who can read, write, have a computer, can write letters saying, we really need to look more closely at transportation for seniors. The cost of the handy dart has gone down, but they don't help you necessarily get groceries into the house. So that that's a gap area that to supplement the survey, it's good for people to be involved. <laughs> this point. show uh, sometimes airs in my radio show, which is speak up, listen up, act upon what you've heard. So I think really giving that feedback that there is a really a need for a lot of people to have a meal delivered to them at home. Uh, one person that we talked with was a chef, you know, talked about that was a good way to introduce fruits and vegetables, a wide range of fruits and vegetables, because uh, it's hard, you know, somebody that might have limited um, dexterity to peel rutabaga, peel potatoes, et cetera, but to come to a place where there are a variety of uh, vegetables already cooked and made into something edible. So just advocacy gives us ideas of things that we might talk about or encourage as the new budget is being made. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, that reminds me as well of, uh, there was another meal delivery service that just started in Vancouver called Heart to Home. And it's a, it, it's a for-profit service, but um, they're frozen meals and it, it has uh, free delivery and uh, that covers all of um, Vancouver, I think into Richmond. Um, but uh, yeah, it seemed like a good service. I can, I can share the link to that too. And um, uh, my, my wife and I have been using Fresh Prep, which is a, um, one of those meal kit services and, 
that's been really good. And I, I feel like it would be something that, um, you know, a lot of people living independently would, would enjoy using because you still, you still do the cooking and, uh, they deliver the prepped ingredients. So like all the, you know, all the potatoes have been and the onions have been chopped already and they're just in a little, a little bag ready to go. Um, and it's got us trying like different, different types of meals that we would usually cook and like Vietnamese or, um, I just had a lamb biryani leftover <laughs> from the other night and it was quite tasty. Yeah. yeah I've got a, a, an 80 year old friend that's uh, been using the a meal kit service and she finds that one meal is actually enough for two meals for her. Yeah. And she's really happy with the selection and the price. She says it's pretty reasonable. So. Yeah. With the price of groceries right now, it's, it's been quite affordable and um, yeah, we, we almost always get leftovers from it. And the other things that go into grocery shopping, the mobility and being having to stand in line or sometimes getting the bag from the vegetable out, the bag won't come loose. <laughs> so having all that done, you know, I had wondered about the price. So maybe at some point we might be able to have people come on from three different ones that can show what's in the box and talk about the pricing. So while we aren't promoting them, at least we can help people to have a better understanding of what you get with those Mm -hmm. box <laughs> i think fresh prep is the only local one i think all the others are either out of ontario or quebec or the states okay well thank you for that information and we look forward if you maybe can send me an email that has the addresses for the different kits neighborhood houses so that we can invite them again to participate in the podcast and uh, do stories. Sometimes one will have something different from the other. And it's really great for people to know what can you do, because with so many things being shut down to know where people can go, there's some places that are still having uh, live enter entertainment. Some people are having a $3 fee that people can pay for their programs. So it's good to listen around. And it's great that you came and didn't just see our message, but, but turned up and we welcome you to keep coming. Oh, thank you. Oh, and, uh, and I was wondering, Scott, if you yeah. could put the links in the chat for um, the uh, Heart to Home service yeah, and perhaps Fresh Prep. Sure. And uh, I should also mention that we have our seniors lunch uh, starting up on February 15th. Um, so that takes place every Tuesday, I think. And um, we usually get a meal uh, from White Spot, but sometimes it's, uh, it's from other, other providers. And that, that takes place at Kit's House. That's an in-person meal. So do people have to be a member of Kit's House? I believe so. Yeah, you, you do have to be a member for that. It's $10 a year for membership. Well, that's very reasonable. Okay. And I think the meals are, it's like 5 or $6 for the meal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me chat. <laughs> okay, so I mentioned at the beginning, this is the first Thursday of Black History Month. And since there's a daily... Um, quote that I'm going to share, and I'll share them quickly for the first three days since we're at day three. Uh, the first one is, Black history isn't a separate history. This is all of our history. This is North American history, and we need to understand that. And that quote is from Karen Parsons, writer, actor, and lead in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that aired uh, in 2014. The second one is, you are growing into consciousness. And my wish for you is that you feel no need to constrict yourself to make other people comfortable. 
And that's from Tanishi Coates, writer of Between the World and Me in 2015. And the third is logic is a seductive excuse for setting low expectations. And that was by the awesome politician, Stacey Abrams, uh, the activist and minority leader of the house, Arthur of how to lead from the outside and make real change. And she was the person responsible for getting over 800,000 people registered to vote in Georgia. And from the poetry line, there's a form of, well, before doing a lot of talking, I have something to show you that involves singing, but I know uh, Dr. Ramona has a song that she is going to sing. So while I'm activating my screen share, would you like to sing your song now? Yeah, just give me a moment. I have to bring up the words. Okay. I'm going to click the magic screen share button. Hmm. So again, this is a pre-birthday song for you, Neil. <laughs> so okay, so I'm ready and uh, and and it's it's for all of us. I'm dedicating it especially to Neil because of his birthday month. <clears throat> and very strange thing, Neil, I have to share that that 23rd February is actually my older brother's birthday as well, Jerry Lobo, and he's in Bombay. So here's a song. <laughs> um, this is Young at Art, sung by Frank Sinatra. Hopefully I can do justice to it. Fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you if you're young at heart. For it's hard you will find to be narrow of mind. If you're young at heart, you can go to extremes with impossible schemes. You can laugh when your dreams fall apart at the seams and life gets more exciting with each passing day and love is either in your heart or on its way don't you know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young at heart for as rich as you are it's much better by far to be young at heart and if you should survive to a hundred and five look at all you'll derive out of being alive and here is the best part you had a head start if you are among the very young at heart thank you <laughs> I love that. Awesome. So brave. Thank you, Ramona. And you're braver than most. I'm too, you're brave to sing a cappella and to just show your great joy and happiness. Every week you bring us some type of singing or music. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. Well, my poem today is going to respond to your, your song. Thank you. 
Okay, the sleeping car porters. For Canada in particular, the way that we came to have a Black History Month in Canada was that the sleeping car porters going down from Canada into the United States observed that from 1926, there was a Black History Week. And so they began to, they wrote the Ontario Black History Society and asked them if they would work on getting Black History Month started in in, uh, Canada. The actual year that Black History Month started in the States was 1926, which was my mother's birthday year. And as a child, her parents had kept clippings and so forth because the Carter G. Woodson, who started the holiday, was interested in having teachers. He got teachers at first to have a week that they would put up the bulletin boards, that they would put up information about, about Black history. And then he appealed to the president, he appealed to Congress to get the holiday started. And the reason it was February, a lot of times people say, oh, they only gave us, they gave us the shortest month. But he picked and asked for February because it was the birth month of both uh, President Lincoln and it was also the birth month of the abolitionist Frederick Douglass. He was an anti-slavery activist, uh, an academic, but also a fighter, someone that was out on the grounds being at risk of being lynched for the meetings that he had uh, around anti-slavery. So both uh, Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln, um, who's the 16th president of the United States, the person who um, was president in during the Civil War, uh, and wrote the Emancipation Proclamation that finally ended slavery in the United States. So as Woodson's idea began as a one-week celebration, it eventually became this longer event called Black Heritage Month in the United States in 1976. And some other uh, countries and other sometimes other places in Canada, rather than saying Black History Month, they call it Black Heritage Month. Um, and Every year, there is a different theme for Black History Month. And 2022, the theme is February and forever, celebrating Black history today and every day. But uh, in Canada, uh, there was a points-based system that limited immigration of Black people into Canada. And 1967 was the point where they changed and they uh, judge individuals based on their education, their occupational skills, et cetera, instead of their race. And those who receive 50 points or more out of 100 can immigrate to Canada, regardless of their race, region, or origin, or their ethnicity. Um, In 1971, the Canadian multiculturalism policy was implemented by the Liberal government over the former uh, Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. And the objective of it was to maintain the educational and cultural freedom of different people in Canada. Uh, So we have uh, different settlement patterns for uh, Black Canadians. Most Black Canadians live in urban areas in Canada, according to the 2016 census. 94.3% in Canada lived in the country's metropolitan areas. CMAs. Toronto had the largest population and uh, 
particularly largest population of people who arrived from the Caribbean in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, Ontario is home to 52% of the total Black population in Canada. Uh, province of Quebec has the second largest population of Black people in Canada at 26%, and Quebec's population has more than doubled between 1996 and 2016. A thing that the Raptors, Toronto's uh, basketball team, acknowledged is that uh, basketball teams, particularly the Raptors, have begun to uh, recruit and uh, involve more Black players from Montreal. At one point, they were not as included, not as welcome. But now there are, uh, there's even a, a, a club of, of people who, basketball players from Montreal, who are now in the NBA. Uh, of all the Atlantic provinces, Nova Scotia has the largest population of Black people. It has a long history of Black immigration dating back to the arrival of the Black loyalists. There was a point in the 1700s where uh, the British promised uh, slaves who fought for the British against the uh, colonists that they would be given a landing, safe passage. Actually, they told them they were going to be going to Liberia. But uh, following the American Revolution, many Black Canadians uh, living in Nova Scotia can trace their roots back to the Black loyalists, the Black refugees from the War of 1812. Uh, Coming to our own province, Black population of British Columbia almost doubled between 1996 and 2016. However, it's increasing at a slower pace than in the other provinces. Although Black people have immigrated to British Columbia from different countries, many can trace their roots back to, and this was surprising for me last year, from Black Californians. There were 600 Black Californians who uh, came across to British Columbia uh, made their way to Salt Spring Island and the city of Victoria and had a number of businesses there. And uh, they were thriving until uh, with the gold rush. So many people came in from other places. Uh, they also had the, the notion, some of them left and went back to the States with the notion that they would be free and found that they were discriminated against. But there are some landmarks that people are now going coming to Vancouver so they can go over to Victoria and see these early settlements. So I'm gonna stop my sharing at that particular space. And we ask if anyone might have any, if they've done any research and have any questions of black history facts that they found. Well, I um, I I have a book of poetry written by Wade Compton. I don't know if you know Wade Compton. It's called Forty Ninth Parallel Psalm, and in that book, uh, he's a Black BC poet. And in that book, I discovered that James Douglas, our founder, was a mixed race. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Did you have any of his poetry or where could people find this poetry again? Um, it's called 49th Parallel Psalm. Actually, I should grab the book and see if I can find something in it. So talk among yourselves. I'll come back to this later. <laughs> my, my, my friend, uh, my best friend when I was in my 70s or so, it was a black man. And his father was a black porter out of Montreal. Uh, Marshall Gaskin. So, um, 
and 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 he was still working. His father was still working when Marshall and I were hanging out together. Oh, let's see. You, you have to read it because those of us who are listening <laughs> can't see the title. Yeah, that was just a signal to you, Charlotte, that I found something. Okay. Um, this is a book of poetry called 49th Parallel Psalm, um, written by Wade Compton. And it says on the back, Compton's our own historian arrived at last. If you don't know the 150 year story of black folks in British Columbia, or even if you do, you haven't heard the last of it. History and music are more than time, but they need it. And Compton is a timely arrival. Wade Compton's insightful examination of the construction of the African Canadian subject has generated poetry of eclectic rhythms. Okay, so that's just a little bit of the blurb from the back, but I'd like to read you this poem, which came as an eye-opener to me. The first governor of the colonies of British Columbia and Vancouver Island, the chief factor of the Hudson's Bay Company on the West Coast, spring of 1858. He encouraged blacks from California to come north, just in time to fill the labor shortage in BC. The gold rush was about to cause. He coolly withdrew support for them upon their arrival. Father Scottish, mother from British Guyana, he never confirmed nor denied the rumor that he was part. Oh, James Douglas, our own quadroon Moses, should I place a violet on your grave or hawk a little spit for your betraying waves? Mm. Oh, white man, black went out of favor, our fates braided like rutting snakes, the cabal that is negritude, the counter conspiracy to make a black Northwest be. Oh, James Douglas, you held the keys like a lesser legba, laughing, shuffling passports, passing in your black and white archival stance, decked nonetheless in what I dream as Garvey-like imperial plumage. Company man on the winning team, backing the right horse, the best telegony, 1,858 years from Christ in the wilderness, far from home and the Caribbean and ancient Rome. Britannia rules the roost and waves a few Blacks on through from slavery to the freedom to be loyal man, power for a crown expansion man, manacled to the company town and secondhand scansion. Oh, James Douglas, did you ever see yourself in us? Did you ever stop in your war versus the wilderness and think we? Thank you, Leslie. Yeah, that was pretty scathing. I know there were uh, people that wanted his statue, any places that he had a statue taken down. But that poem, and I don't think anyone has put that poem with uh, information about why. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and the whole book, like I guess say the poems are all about the history of the, the black uh, in you know influx from California into BC. Yes, over in uh, Victoria City. Last year they had an exhibition. I don't know whether they're doing it this year. So many things that people plan to have live. They've gone up and down between, is it live or is it not? Some things uh, that people expected to have this year. But there is a museum over there where there are pictures about uh, these uh 600 families, 600 people that came over from California. And so much, uh, even in, you know, for me being a, an African-American and hearing about and experiencing Black history in Canada, we heard so much, have heard so much about the people who, the Underground Railroad going to Ontario and very little about what happened here in British Columbia. So it's definitely something worth uh, going over to visit and helping people to learn more about. So again, say the name of the book and put it in the chat so we can have it in our notes about the meeting if people want to find that book. Yes, it's called 49th Parallel Psalm and it's by Wade Compton. Um, it's Arsenal Pulp Press, Vancouver, BC. And I'll put that information also in the chat. Do you know if that community is the one that ended up in Hogan's Alley? Oh, no. Hogan's Alley is also a subject of some of his poetry in the book, mm -hmm. but Hogan's Alley was in Vancouver. Yeah, I was just wondering if if um, that influx of, of 600 people, if they they eventually settled in Hogan's Alley. Well, some of them may. That, this yeah. was much earlier, of course. No, only yeah. a small number, but really a lot of the, the there's a, a festival every year in July that's a festival of um, people of African descent. And they had huge bulletin boards that showed the Strathmore, Strathcona uh, neighborhood. And it's, again, the sleeping car, the porters, needing a place for lodging there's a that building that is pacific the rail the train station that was a building that was housing initially there were, uh, were were apartments there and so as they uh had residences there uh the area began to develop musicians came over ray charles played here a lot of people played here and the area was developed but when they put that viaduct through it displaced all those businesses without creating another area that was a black culture. So mm -hmm. that is um, more of that was related to the travel and just the news the, the black porters were telling people in the States how good and what opportunities were there. And as well, people coming on the train and seeing that area, people, people put their money together. They helped develop the area. It wasn't a government development. The businesses that developed were along families putting their money together and uh, some things, you know, there was a, a, a financial union. It would be a really good, uh, there's a movement now to have a black cultural center, similar to the Italian cultural center, where a lot of things that people have as private holdings and private pictures can be put into a place so that everyone can see uh, yeah. how much was contributed to the development of culture and art in Vancouver. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a thing called call and response poems and call and response poems are linked a lot back to some of the African work songs or call and response. And so there's a poem that I've written uh, around one historical person named Mary McLeod Bethune. Does anyone know who Mary McLeod Bethune is? 
the name sounds familiar. Okay, well, with this little poem, you'll learn something about her. But the call and response is going to be when I say, I'll say Mary. When I say Mary, you say McLeod Bethune. Let's do a test run. Mary. McLeod Bethune. Bethune. Okay. Mary. McLeod Bethune. Mary. Mary McLeod Bethune was a woman totally to her time attuned, was a woman totally to our people's needs attuned. Education was her marching hymn. She moved across the country from end to end, gathering support for her school after a lifetime of teaching. To many, it sounded like she was preaching. Mary McLeod Bethune. Mary Blessed to have a formal education, she decided to stay within this nation, serve lunch to the homeless, counsel the poor, got a Sunday school going, even sang behind the prison door. I'm talking about Mary McLeod. Mary McLeod. July 10th, 1875, gave rise to a Southern Carolina star. Before 1955, she helped break the color bar, had lunch with presidents, kept her name among the current events, held to God's unfailing hand with faith, building schools and hospitals under grace. I'm talking about Mary. McLeod Bethune. Mary. Mary McLeod Bethune forged a link with Cookman College, made Bethune Cookman an institute for lifetime knowledge, made women's organizations look beyond class and privilege, gained a seat on Truman's Committee of Twelve, had the National Council of Negro Women into politics delve. Under Coolidge, Hoover, and Roosevelt, Mm. child welfare, education, employment, and housing were issues over which she worked up a sweat. Mary McLeod Bethune, may we only with you stay attuned. I'm talking about Mary McLeod Bethune. Mary McLeod Bethune. Thank you. (laughs) That was... uh, Initially, I did that at a women's uh, program, but I've done it at schools. I've done it at a boys' maximum security prison at churches, and now I've done it with the Powered by Age <laughs> Power People. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's great. That was wonderful. Yeah, wonderful, Charlotte. And so I had written, but now I'll save to do it on the 23rd. I had written a call and response poem about Neil. So (laughs) wait to hear that later on his birthday. Uh, Neil has a poem that he wants to share. Well, I wrote this on New Year's Day. (laughs) And this year, I, and I've, I, I, I've known how difficult making resolutions is to keep resolutions, and I learned about doing intentions. So I did an intention on New Year's Day that I would like to share with you. And the poem is called Never Give Up. Life is but a dream. No matter how rough the road, no matter how stormy the sea, no matter how dark the day, you are not the experience. The love of the universe is always there. 
Never say die. Never give up. You are not this body. This body is your beliefs. Dream a different dream. Dream a constant healthy body. Meditate peace and sit quiet in stillness. You are your dreams. Dream healthy. Never say die. Never give up. If life brings you struggles, then struggle. Live the adventure of the struggle. Don't be attached to the outcome. Nothing is either good nor bad. All is just what you make it. All is your dream. Love and compassion heals all. Never say die and never give up. End of poem. Wow, what a great, great mantra. <laughs> never say die, never give up. <laughs> what a way to go. So I'm going to delve in and see what else I might have that we can share um, next week. We will be looking forward to um, having more interviews. I want to remind people to look at our poweredbyh.com website. Go on the SPINS. SPINS stands for, who can tell me what SPINS stands for on our website? Stories, poems, interviews, and um, novelties. novelties. <laughs> it's the unusual things people come up with. So. Uh, and so we, there is an ongoing opportunity, you know, people, if you participate in our podcast, it's not just anyone calls up and say, well, you record a spin for me. But the idea is that uh, through participation, we, we have more than 44 people that at some time or the other have participated by coming live into the Zoom. Uh, when we were meeting physically at the 411 Center, we were uh, having twice a month people come and sometimes we'd have 35 to 45 people in the room and then we would go into small groups. So we are thankful for, um, I think two of our longest running people, um, Neil and Leslie might have been on it, our original one, when we first shifted to Zoom, when everything shut down, the, the podcast program was the one program that was was uh, able to continue. And we are reaching and getting people from across the country who are either sending email or calling or saying, I've watched the program or sent in notes of things that they want to hear us cover. So we do have in the works one coming up on how do seniors make money and how do seniors help others make money? Uh, entrepreneurs, we don't hear, we usually hear from the, the side of seniors don't have very much money, they need help with this and that, but there are some seniors who have got businesses or who have things where they are hiring other seniors or uh, contracting with them. So we're going to have that as one of our upcoming presentations, as well as uh, a presentation by our uh, accountant on what you need to get ready when it's time for coming in to get your taxes done. People don't want to hear about, I left this at home, I've got that at home. When you come to get your taxes done, they want you to have everything all together. So you'll be hearing more details on how to do that. So without further ado, I'll say goodbye to you. See you again. Listen to You can listen to us again um, anywhere 
you get your podcast. Never say die. Never, Never say it. die. <laughs> Thank you. They will give up. <laughs> uh, Thank you. <laughs> we can craft a tune for that and we'll be able to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know.